Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi guys, and welcome back to Adulting. This week, I'm joined by Lex. Hello, hello. Hello. Lex is the founder of Cult Beauty, which is... Um, I'm the co-founder. Oh, co-founder, sorry. Do you want to give us a, a nice overview of what Cult Beauty is? Sure. Um, I started Cult Beauty with Jess about 10 years ago, um, and we started it as frustrated consumers, frustrated obsessives about beauty. And we just found that um, as consumers, we weren't really being catered for. Um, I found that I was being oversold products or I felt, always felt quite intimidated mm. going into department stores. Um, and it should be the other way around because it's basically a sweet shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it should be the most exciting thing ever. Um, and... We just wanted to build a beauty hall of fame that you could shop. So that was the the original idea is um, cult products from all over the world that you could 100% trust with yeah. the best that you could possibly find um, in an online store. It's so amazing. And it has got that cult factor to it because it is different from any other kind of industry, as you say, like within the beauty world. It's not got that kind of very commercialized side to it. It is all about finding the perfect niche for you. And you're saying that even 10 years ago, you felt like that space was somewhere that was very pushy and heavy. And how do you think that's changed now with like the rise of social media and the way that we we buy and sell? And Oh, the consumer has changed completely. Mm. Um, we've all become these massive skin intellectuals, you know. We, um, when I, when when we first were starting Cult Beauty, I I was doing all the customer service side of things, and um, the sort of questions that you were getting through then, people would say, "I have dry skin. What kind of moisturizer should I buy?" And now you get people calling up going, so which AHA is in that? Is that mandelic acid? Is that glycolic acid? What's the size of the molecule? I kind of need to know oh like how God. deeply it's going to penetrate my epidermis. And you're like, um, I am going to introduce you to the founder and she will be able to take you straight through exactly what she's used in the formulation. I mean, we've, we've, I've always been a complete beauty nerd um, I and mean, I studied biology at school and I just found it incredibly interesting how skin function yeah. worked. Um, and I always found that there was this big disconnect between what I knew about biology, about biochemistry and what we were being sold in the, the marketing of the time. <clears throat> it was always very much that kind of head patting marketing, I call it, sort of don't you worry your pretty little yeah. head about the science <laughs> Um, and just buy the nice, pretty packaging um, and keep doing it, yeah. please, as much as you fancy. Um, and it just, it, I, was, I was always asking questions. I was like, well, well, what's in it? Why, why does it last all day? Is that a good thing? Yeah. Because, I mean, that's, that's, 
with the foundations that say last 48 hour foundation you're like um that's that's basically lacquer yeah isn't it? that's that's not necessarily going to let your skin breathe um, I mean, stayability and breathability are generally going to be the same for some outfits that I have worn over the years yeah, as exactly. well. I learned so much about beauty and changed my opinion of the beauty industry, actually, when I came on the cult beauty retreat. Because I, from a feminist point of view, was kind of like starting to learn about feminism, thinking, are these industries telling me that I'm not good enough the way that I am and I need to buy products to be better? And I kind of had this sceptical view. And then Lex sat us down and we had this talk. This was last year, actually. And I remember, I think I asked you back then if you'd be interested in coming on this concept of a podcast that I had, yeah. which I didn't think existed. And basically, you were just like, we take care of our health and we take care of our bodies by drinking lots of water and eating great food and we think about what we're putting in our bodies but we don't often think about what we're putting on our bodies and you suddenly just completely made me do a 180 about what I realised beauty was because beauty is whatever part of the spectrum you want it to be whether that's like your moisturiser to your foundation but the point is that we should take just as much care because it is such a big part of our lives it doesn't have to be an oppressive thing it can actually be really liberating and that was a narrative that I hadn't seen I don't know if that's because a lot of industries are led up by men I think it's been it has been traditionally an oppressive thing because beauty was very much about social currency mm. and a woman's worth in society so it was a it was <laughs> your your worth and your beauty were very intrinsically linked and also there was this understanding that it had a best before date yeah. and you were investing on extending your best before date because that was all you had. So that was a really <laughs> horrible standpoint to yeah. come from. But now beauty is about self-expression. Mm. So it's what you choose to be. Like if you want to have a particular look, if you want to go for that super glam, Instagram look, yeah. or if you want to go for that kind of total grunge, greasy hair and like paint, like old nail varnish vibe, it's it's totally fine wherever you want to come from. Yeah, I love that. And what what... When you were coming in from beauty, so you said you've always been kind of someone that's fascinated by it. You love the biology, but also you love, you're a really stylish person. I feel like you've, you because you went to school near me, didn't you? And you were always into the Back music in Wells, scene. Somerset. Yeah. <laughs> and you're also, you're, so like stylistically, when, when you were kind of coming into this industry, you were quite into the music scene and like that kind of style. How did you break into going into this business? So... I was working as a as a fashion journalist, um, and then I went into branding and PR, and so I moved slightly from fashion into a broader lifestyle area. And then I met Jess, and she had this basic idea of cult beauty, and it just sounded like something that was so. Um, it, it spoke to me. It spoke to my gut. I was like, I really want to be part of something yeah. that changes um, an an industry that that helps move the industry on and and help it evolve into something much more positive. Yeah, and that has really happened. And I'm not saying it was us, but that has really happened in the last ten years. It's definitely been helped by social media, but. The beauty industry has gone from what I described before into something supportive. Um, it's become a cultural movement yeah. now. Um, and it's actually 
you know the innovation that's coming the the cultural social and as well as as well as all the all the scientific innovation that's coming out of this industry is at the forefront of everything yeah well 100% especially with the movement towards like gender neutrality yeah. and like sexuality it's now become rather than your beauty how much beauty you have gives you capital you can actually get your own currency from changing the way that you look or deciding that actually I'm going to express myself yes. and it, it's it, as you say it's changed from being oppressive to giving people who perhaps felt like they were on the margin of society a space to explore and express yeah it's the rediscovery of the niche the celebration yeah. of the niche um, whilst also not marginalizing the middle ground yeah so when so you've been 10 years doing this yes along the way how did you how did you break in because even cult in of itself means that I guess on a small scale it could have stayed quite small but you've really become huge yeah, I think I mean cult has grown up as its customers have come to understand what we what we stand for and I think that what we stand for hasn't changed but the zeitgeist has yeah um <clears throat> I mean we um We've always been really focused around the indie brands, yeah. Um, but because I think, probably because I'm I'm personally very attracted to um, indie brands and the and and speaking directly with founders. Mm. And I think now we are in a time of founders because having a human being stand up and take responsibility for something is a very powerful thing in society today i mean we're we're all sort of dehumanized on the yeah. on the internet it's a very computer says no it's emailing out to god knows where are you going to get a is anyone listening <laughs> um and actually having somebody to stand up and have an opinion it might not be a popular one sometimes it very much isn't I'm thinking about our friend Gwyneth yeah you know occasionally she has um <laughs> some very unpopular opinions but she is standing up to be counted and I think it takes a lot of uh, a lot of courage to do that uh, you may or may not agree with with what she's standing up for but I think that's where the power is in, oh, today, yeah. in today's society. A hundred percent. I guess the idea of you've got to stand for something or you stand for nothing. Exactly. Yeah. And when you were, so coming, were, do you think you were the only thing of, of, of itself? Like cult, did it exist in a world that was very capitalist and corporate? And Yeah. I mean, we, the idea of not selling full lines was, was very difficult for some brands they really didn't like it they said well that's just saying that the rest of the line is shit and I said you are <laughs> such a pessimist that is elevating your core hero products to yeah. cult status yeah I mean you know people don't say when when you know when a uh, then they're entered into a beauty hall of fame that is there isn't that feeling that everyone else <laughs> is is terrible it's like this is the prize yeah. we have managed to actually create a product that that actually was good enough to be in a beauty hall of fame right and that doesn't downgrade the other no. products that upgrades your brand but as you say it's like that sweet shop idea it's pick and mix no one uses beauty products from just one brand no. anyway or you don't buy clothes they from used one shop to. they used to i mean people used to buy the same products that their mothers used oh, yeah, I um, guess that's and, it, and it was very much the regime you would buy into the whole regime and that's something that i always struggled with because i'm massively fickle <laughs> So the, the thought of doing that. Also, um, I think pe people want to invest 
in areas that they feel are their good bits. Mm. So whether it's your hair or your eyes or your butt, you know, people will, you know, you know, you know which bit you you really yeah. like about yourself. Generally, people have at least one thing that you want to. Yeah, it's so true. And even with beauty and things, like I will look at such different parts than my sister would, and like yeah. we will choose things that we think are way more important to us or want to focus on. When you were choosing like how your brand was going to work and how you're going to come forward, did you come up against things, kind of blockages, and you were like, no, we don't want to do it that way? Because you've had to, you've gone against the grain quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, we've had to make some really uncommercial decisions. Um, I think it's been really important to maintain our integrity all the way through. And I think there's been times when we've been offered brands which, that we knew would sell through the nose that we've actually turned down because they're not cult and yeah. they're not good enough. Um, and it, I think that <clears throat> having that integrity at the core of what you do is essential. And the minute that you stop that or ignore that, you're, you're failing. Mm. But, yeah. So. I, I think we're in a culture, though, of that kind of business where because everything is so instantaneous, people often make decisions which is like, what's going to get me the most capital right now? Yeah, and there's a lot of pressure to do that mm. as you get bigger. Um, you, you have a lot more responsibility. <laughs> there's, there's there's salaries to pay on yeah. a monthly basis. But I think it's, it's especially my job as the co-founder to keep that core reason that yeah. I started this in the first place. It was... As a frustrated consumer, why was I frustrated? Because lots of people were overselling products and they were being untrustworthy. Mm. Um, and I think that, you know, no matter how technology changes and society changes, integrity and selling products that are good yeah. is never going to go away. It's never going to fall out of fashion. Yeah, that's the thing. I think... We get a bit, I do get a bit fed up with like the capitalism and the, and the consumerism, but not really because we're always going to have to have stuff, but it's this constant chaotic pushing of yeah. product after product new, that's new, just new, not new, new. helpful. Yeah. And I think cult beauty's never really been necessarily no. about the new, new, new. Yeah. It's about good. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Quality. So what is new though is your new, what is it called? Sexual... It is called Sexual Pleasure and Wellness. Amazing. So this is branching out, I guess, from... Well, I don't know. It's interesting because beauty is like, how do you define it? Is it the, the outer beauty that you have or is it that beauty that's coming from your own full, like self-fulfillment? I guess it's beauty holistically. Mm. Um, if you are feeling fulfilled, yeah. um, generally uh, you will give off a vibe that makes you beautiful. 100%. <laughs> with, without a, a stitch of anything else on. Yeah. Um, so I, I think the way that beauty is now, it's much more of a, a whole body, mind, spirit concept. Yeah. And that's the way that, I see it through cult beauty. Um, and the last two years, we've been through quite a, a serious social change. There's been mm. huge social movements um, around female, female sexual pleasure, sexual health. Um, you know, what is the word? Uh, oh, damn. I totally lost it. Liberation. I think it's 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 liberation, but it's consent. Oh yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> totally lost it. Um, so, yeah, um, around the concept of consent. Um, and, uh, you know, what what drives women um, generally has always been impressed on them mm. to a certain extent. You will enjoy this. You will like this. Um, women like this. Yes. Don't, don't they? You're like, well, actually, quite a few <laughs> do. Um, and um, <laughs> quite a few don't. And so it's it's kind of shedding this chrysalis, a little bit of embarrassment yeah. and a little bit of shame that's left over from, from history. Um, and just getting out there and being honest about about needs, about health, about what you need to be serious about and what you need to be very fun and unserious yeah. about. Um, and I think this this category uh, encompasses all of that. Um, and we're launching it on International Women's Day just to make it a, an even more solid celebration. Well, I think it is so important. And you're right, this conversation around sexual, female sexual pleasure and consent go hand in hand because what's ironic, what I've spoken about sex so many times in this podcast now and I still go red it's still I still have that shame we have so hard to it's so entrenched (laughs) we've definitely said the word vagina a lot more in the office in the last month than we have in the last 10 years (laughs) yeah it 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 but it's so funny I was saying actually I was watching with my boyfriend have you watched sex education on Netflix not yet oh my god that's my next one you're gonna it's the best thing I've ever seen so it's a British it's like I don't even know how to explain it. They've done it really cleverly. They've kind of made it look Americanized because it's more jovial, but it's all British. Mm. But there's one character, they're all like 16, 17. And the girl, you watch her have sex a few times, not literally, but she's having sex, this character. And she discovers masturbation. And I said to my boyfriend, I can't, I can't, what? It makes me feel really uncomfortable. But I felt absolutely fine watching her having sex with a man. But self-pleasuring, both of us were like, well, she's too young. (laughs) Which is... That's really Mind interesting, boggling. but actually, I think it's it is something. I've, I, I think I've so actually weird. felt that myself too. It was like it absolutely fine for a man to penetrate her, but her to touch her own body. Oh, I can't. And it, that is yeah, so really funny so one, weird. It? I felt so uncomfortable watching it. But it doesn't take long to get used to it. No, and I think that we, as a society, it's. It's really only a matter of time before this becomes really normalised. Yes, I hope so. Um, I, I think social movements co- come so fast now that it, you know, this is been gathering momentum for a while, and we're really at a point where it everyone is ready to talk about yeah. it. Everyone is ready to openly go on a lifestyle website and click sexual pleasure yes. and well-being. That is my category I will be shopping today. How do you think that's changed? It's, I guess since you entered the industry 10 years ago, could you have foreseen this kind of category existing? Could you have had conversations <laughs> about this in the office? What? what how has is, how is the tapestry of it I changed? I mean, the conversations we would have had in the office were a little bit more kind of sharing what had happened the <laughs> night before, but not not in a um, an empowered, yeah. <laughs> sort of general female way. Um, I guess it's, yeah, I cannot, I cannot imagine. There was at one point we, we talked about um, bringing on a brand called Jimmy Jane. Okay. Um, who... They had a neck massager oh. <laughs> that um, <laughs> was sold incongruously amongst their skincare. 
was like, how does this fit into your... But apparently it was their top seller. Really? So it wasn't actually an neck massager? Or we well, don't it, know? It didn't look like right. a neck massager. <laughs> That's I mean, so funny. You, you probably could use it as yeah. a neck massager, but it, it was basically a vibrator. And we didn't, we didn't end up getting the brand in the end, but we had these conversations and it was very kind of tittery. Mm. It's sort of all, all this sort of slightly bathroom humor and, and being a little bit embarrassed about yeah. it. Um, and when we t- first talked about um, creating this category and what we should put in this category, it was really funny because I, I wanted to talk to my co-CEO, Murray, about it. Um, and uh, I, I felt a little bit shy. It was, it was probably about May last year. Yeah. And I was like, Murray, um, I've got this idea for a category, selling vibrators. Do you think you'd be all right with that, right? He's like, sorry, <laughs> what did you just say? I was like, vibrators. He's like, why do you want to sell vibrators? I was like, well, I think this is something that actually is starting to make sense as part of a beauty category. Yeah, It's, it's wellness. Wellness is such a huge part of what we do, well-being. Yeah. Um, and it just really fits. It makes sense now. It doesn't feel like a... Uh, an out on a limb thing like no. the Jimmy Jane one. Um, it it really feels like a continuation of everything else that we have on the site. Um, so yeah, it it it. But he he was totally fine with it. Oh, that's I so was a good. Bit More embarrassed. To start off with. He was like, "Well, that sounds like a good idea." I think. Do you know what I think it is? And I'm getting there a bit with what I'm trying to do with my work. It's looking at women as like multifaceted interesting people so initially like when I first started out I was like oh I do fitness mm-hmm. I didn't I would went to the gym for one hour of the day and the rest of my day I was at uni whatever else I was doing but as a woman you're kind of like I'll pick my niche and now I'm getting to the point where actually fitness and health is about what books you're reading and who you're speaking to mm-hmm. and how you're what you think about politics that's all linked much in the same way that beauty is linked to how sexually fulfilled you are and how confident you are in your own body and I think what it is is women have been oppressed for so long that we haven't been searching the right places because they've been kind of co-opted by people telling us what the right way to do something is yeah and also we haven't really been sharing it no so another thing that came up when we were talking about the category having another brainstorm um is when we decided we want to bring the LV Kegel trainer oh, yeah. on board. And we started looking into the stats, and one in three women have pelvic floor issues, which can lead to incontinence at yeah. its most extreme. One in three, that's what, more than people who have hay fever. What age group is that? Every age? Every age. Really? Fascinating, isn't it? I mean, it, it does um, hasten post-childbirth, but it's not always that way. Yeah. I mean, you say you just spot the people who don't want to get on the trampoline, really, isn't it? <gasps> yeah. it's, it's kind of. But actually, once we started talking about it in a in a group of say, I think was it about eight girls, two boys, two slightly embarrassed boys, um, and it was like, well, actually, yeah, that is it is a thing. It is yeah. something that, that is there. And it's like there's greater or lesser degree. And it's like, what's this LV thing do? <laughs> and it, it is it's, it's an amazing um, bit of technology because it actually, um, you actually put it into your vagina and it can feel how the contractions are working. So it can tell you if you're doing your Kegel 
um, training properly yeah. if, you're, if you're squeezing the muscles in the right way. It's very bossy. As you said that, I literally just did one. <laughs> like, <laughs> always everyone gonna... in the room. <laughs> I just went, oh. I actually had an app on my phone that reminded me and then it actually just made me feel really bad because it was just another thing that well, I didn't do. No, I know. The reminder would be bossy. that all day and I'd be like, but oh, forgotten. This has an app with it and there's so a clever. little floating ball <laughs> and when you squeeze, it goes to the top of the screens depending on how good you are at the squeezing. That's amazing. Um, so I was, I was like, can we make this a competitive thing? It would be really fun. <laughs> Have your friends all on it in the office doing it. It would be like Mario Brothers. You could turn it into a whole little game. That is really funny. <laughs> that, that is, I have to say, I've actually seen it on, um, do you follow the Sunflower? Oh yeah, I've se- I've seen her. If you haven't, I haven't followed her so for she a adver- long time. I think she advertises it quite often. I'm thinking, what is she talking about? And it was the LV. Really cool British innovation. It's I mean, it's it's such uh, an empowering object. And also, they've started working with the NHS yeah. now, and um, they're giving out LV trainers to people who are. Uh, marked down to have a, a full-on pelvic floor operation to, right. to deal with uh, serious incontinence. And they've actually stopped operations by 50% <gasps> after somebody's been using the That's Kegel amazing. trainer. So how often are you supposed to use it or how? Um, I think it's like a gym. It's like sort of three three times a week. <laughs> I mean, you can, you, can, you can be like a kind of Arnie Schwarzenegger yeah. of, of vaginas if you really want to. Because we've got one here, haven't we? It looks a bit like a sperm, I thought, it's doesn't kind, it? I mean, it does look a bit like a sex toy. So, I mean, it's yeah. got that, that um, medical-grade silicon, um, and then there's a bit that curves round, and it's on the, yeah, on, that sits on the outside so you don't lose it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you don't want to squeeze too hard. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's like you are the winner. Um, <laughs> now you have to go to hospital. Oh no, don't! Um, but it's it's things like that and starting that conversation amongst colleagues. Yeah, you know, it, was, it wasn't a, a bunch of girls at the pub. It was it was colleagues at work. Um, and actually, I think we all came out of that um, session just with a bit more understanding about about each other and about sort of the female condition. Yeah, it's definitely a conversation that's happening more because obviously the programme named after the 100 vulvas um, photography exhibition that she said that came out, but they called it 100 vaginas because I think the idea was that if you put vulvas, people would think it was about cars. I think that's <laughs> what Jane Garvey said on Women's Hour or something. Um, but there is this now conversation where we're all starting to share. The funny thing is we're all walking around with vulvas and vaginas and all of us act like we aren't, with that, which is why it's just so ridiculous um but there is just so much shame entrenched with it yeah but you've got a new what's the hashtag that you're using it is the vulvolution i love it <laughs> so we are starting join the vulvolution and it's hashtag vulvolution isn't it um so um that's that's one part of what we're going to be doing is is starting a conversation Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. ...across our social channels, whether it's period pain, 
whether it's pelvic floor strength, whether it's um, don't be embarrassed about having that conversation with your boyfriend about about um, a vibrator. Yeah. It's um, how to check that you're properly healthy in that area. Go and have the smear test. Yeah. It's really, really important to understand because gynecological cancers are not called the silent killers for nothing. Yeah. And that, you know, the, this is, there's this stigma associated with them. So it's it's definitely something we want to educate, we want to start the conversation or continue the conversation or make it louder. So when you got to the point where you were like, right, actually, we're going we're gonna to do this, we're going to bring out this new part of the website, what were the real driving forces? Like, what were the things that you saw that you really thought, there's a gap in the market for this and we've got to tackle this? I think we started wanting to focus on this category because... It is. It has been up until now so taboo. Yeah. Um, there's. It. It feels like we're, we're at the right stage in society's evolution mm. that people are ready to hear this message now. Yeah. Um, whereas I think if I tried this five years ago, I would have been shouted down as just a either a bit of a silly hippie or just one of those feminists. Yeah. <laughs> One of those ardent feminists. Misandrist. But the fact is, it's not, it's not about hating men. No. Because ultimately, a, fu- a f- fulfilled woman is going to be way more fun to yeah. be with yeah. than somebody that's depressed. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's having conversations, it's bringing about the education, and it's making it more mainstream you know you can come in and you can buy your mascara and you can you can top up on your makeup remover and you can buy a little vibrator i think it also probably as you're saying like reflects how your consumer and customers grown up so your consumer and customer perhaps isn't buying their their beauty products to make themselves fit the male gaze i remember you showing us um on the retreat different types of eyeliner that were just really wild and wacky and weren't at all for conforming to any kind of beauty standard it was about like exploring the art that is yeah, makeup it's what my husband calls my myxomatosis look <laughs> <laughs> i love that bless him he's like oh god the myxomatosis look on today i'm like it, it's it is red eyeliner it is really cool right now and it, i do not look like an ill bunny it's so funny <laughs> but yeah it, i guess it's that so it's that kind of taking control of not only the way that you look but it's the way that you feel and even i still literally get stressed talking about that like even subconsciously you're like this is really shameful but when you think about it it is massively weird that we can happily talk about sex sex with a partner or like sex with a man or now i guess we're, we're happy to talk about different relationships that aren't just heterosexual but yeah. when it comes to self-pleasure for women it's just not a conversation that anyone's really ready to talk about but it's so i don't know why it's not because pleasure is wonderful it's yeah. like eating it's exactly. it's like a, a really cheap way of feeling great <laughs> I, th- I think i mean stopping or hindering self-pleasure is a form of control Mm. Um, I mean sexually controlling people is the ultimate control because it's the ultimate compulsion yeah Um, so it it comes from a very dark place and that's why it's so exciting that we've come into this very light exposed place where um, we are 
freeing ourselves up. Um, and and what's next? Yeah, I mean, this is just the beginning. This is just the start. This is the the, the shedding of the chrysalis and this kind of little butterfly coming oh, out. And, I love that. Um, starting to to shed our stuff and open our wings. Like the 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 next stage that we are heading to is is uh, very exciting. And. Aside from female pleasure, which is one thing I think probably the most stigmatized part, but even female health, like with your vagina and your vulva. Intimate feminine care. Yeah, I know. (laughs) All the words that they use for like feminine hygiene. It's all very like hush, hush, (laughs) secret. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's even in America, a lot of these brands, the innovation has come. They still call it V-care. Yeah. Um, Because actually if you... um, for ads on Facebook, for any kind of paid activity on Facebook or Instagram, you're not allowed to use the word vagina. I can't believe that. So you have to come up with euphemisms or <laughs> pictures of <laughs> fruit and flowers. Um, and it's it just it feels so 1950s. It's yeah. like, come on, Facebook. I understand, you know, I understand not having the word vagina as an open word but the algorithm is so so sophisticated now that it can contextualize the usage and if you're talking about a gynecological cancer or if you're talking about a product that deodorizes your vulva it's you have to be able to use these terms to actually show people what what it's actually for um, and the fact that you can't feels old-fashioned if it does feel a bit sexist that is and what about if you wanted to write penis are you allowed? So you can't write penis, but there are so many words that you can use for the male member um, across Facebook. So it's, yeah, so the direct... It is skewed. The, um, yeah, it is definitely skewed. The, the, the direct medical terms, if, that, if that's yeah. the, the best way of putting it, you can't use for either, which is kind of mental. Yeah, it, I mean, even the conversation around, like as we're saying, the vulva vi- vagina debate which I still find it hard to get it around to saying my vulva I don't know why that is I think it's because by it the end of like this vulva. conversation you'll be fine yeah I know <laughs> vulva 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 I do correct people now and they just think I'm so boring I am really boring though because I correct people on a lot of things I just like I just will stop getting invited to stuff I think <laughs> can always come over to us <laughs> yeah thank you so much what have you found as well have you, have you found any resistance like in terms of um i guess you did did you do any like kind of consumer what's it called when you get like a room of people in like you, market research yeah we haven't yet actually um i think it's something that we all believe in so much that we are just going to launch it. yeah i love that um and i think it's going to be very well received yeah um but that's all part of the conversation. Yeah. I mean, is this the right thing? Are these the are these the products that you want to see? Like, what else do you want to see? I mean, we haven't really gone into menstruation that much yet. Yeah. But I want to look into, like, what's the best menstrual cup out there? What's yeah. the best biodegradable, recyclable, recycled tampon? Such a big industry now because I have my menstrual cup. It's from um, time of the month. It's great. Uh, but there are so many companies out there now that do recycle. Like, it's amazing that I remember getting this menstrual cup from this brand. Um, and I was really excited, by the way. I'm completely converted if you don't use one yet. It's the best thing ever. And they were the first one I've heard of that did, like, biodegradable, organic. And now it's two years later. And it's 
it's just amazing that these conversations are happening and that there's massive Instagram pages with huge followings and that we're talking so much about. That used to be called a moon cup. But yeah, wasn't, but wasn't that, a, I think that might be a specific brand. Is it, is it, but that was the only one that yeah, was. Yeah, I think that is it. Um, and now the, the menstrual cups, they've got properly different shaped yeah. ones, like the deep, the yeah. shallow, the ones you can have sex with. Oh, I didn't know about yeah, that. I can't remember that one's name, but that actually looks, it looks like super cool. High tech. Um, and... There's, and it, and it, it fits so well into this sustainability, mm. reusability, refillable beauty um, side of things that it, it's just, I can't imagine it not being no. something. And we'll look back on it like, why didn't we have this as a category I know. years ago? Yeah, I think I think that's definitely going to be a great category that you should break into. But I just think even talking about as we're going through the conversation, talking about female pleasure and beauty does just make so much sense because what makes you feel beautiful is what when you're feeling your happiest, your most content. And um, as we know, everyone always looks great after a shag. <laughs> no blusher needed. <laughs> so um, I wanted to touch on a little bit more because talking about female empowerment and female liberation, being a woman at the top of your game as you are, cult beauty is receiving awards left, right and centre. What? How did you, did it come naturally? You said you were in fashion journalism, then you used PR, but going into business and now being a co-founder of a company that's clearly making waves, did you foresee that? Was it difficult? Um, I knew it was a great idea. I had a real belief in it. Um, I had no concept of the fact of whether or not I could do it. Um, I got here by completely messing it up again and again and again and <laughs> hopefully mostly learning from it. Um, and it's just been an evolution just like anything else. But I think it's just about really believing in something incredibly deeply and being the stubbornest person <laughs> about that and just kind of keeping the focus, being a little bit... Um, flexible around it because if you're if you're static you'll get broken yeah um but i no i didn't i didn't think that this was necessarily going to be the way that the path would end yeah up. what was cult beauty when it first started it was uh, me and jess in a basement flat in and, islington and would you have a magazine <laughs> or how did it um so we started out uh when we were building the um site which took a bit longer than we thought it would because we didn't have quite enough money to really incentivize the developers to prioritize their right. best people on it um we started a blog so we had a blog that um in 2008 that we were writing to just really build um the understanding of what this brand was yeah and um that blog was going for about eight months before we got to actually put the blog into the actual site um, and make it into what it, what it, we always wanted it to be, yeah. which was um, the store. So getting access. I mean, lots of brand, loads of brands said no to us to start off with. Um, and we just had to try different ways of doing things. When they said no to us coming in and, and buying from a wholesale model, we would say, okay, well, we'll stop talking to the distribution arm. And I went and spoke to the marketing department yeah. and said, um, this is amazing. This is really going to elevate your brand. Please help us get to this stage. And actually, we had some of the PR departments who actually gave us PR stock. 
Amazing. to sell on the site so that we could actually get going with their brand on the site. And then once we'd sold like a decent amount, the PR sort of turned around and said, look, we, we actually can't keep selling the stock because we were sending them the money and they were actually using it towards their Christmas party. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, and um, so they, they then referred us back to the distribution arm. We're saying, look, we really think we can make you decent money on yeah. top of really being great for your brand. And they're like, how do you know? And we're like, because we already have. That's amazing. <laughs> so you were just kind of going, I guess you were like plodding along. There was no necessarily no backlog of capital that you were using or no like it was it was very much like well I I mean Jess uh, was using savings and I was using compensation from a car accident where I broke my back oh my gosh so I broke my back um in 2002 and then I managed to get compensation from it about four years later and I was just I just sat on that money and knew that I really wanted to to create something really positive from this horrible negative that's really cool um, situation come from there and it is yeah it did um so it it really feels like there was there was a really healing process Mm. to that as well you know using this money to create something that then took me onto a path I never thought um, I would be on, especially when I was sitting in a cast at home. Oh, my gosh. Um, And now you employ, it's pretty mostly female, isn't it? Was it all women? So in our HQ, uh, we do track, we index (laughs) definitely towards the female. But then in our distribution centre, it it levels things out a bit. Yeah, no, but I'm saying it's a mate, because what I love is when you have female-led companies that are giving opportunities to women. Oh, from that point, yeah. I mean, our board is 60% women. Which is amazing. Our senior leadership team is 60% women. Um, and I think for, for it's just a, a, there's just a feeling of equality. It's mm. not necessarily about promoting a, a woman over a man. It's just uh, an equal situation whereby skill and excellence will drive you forward yeah. and you won't have somebody put their hand on your head stopping you simply because of your sex. Yeah, exactly. And also, I think you're, you don't know, we can't talk about it yet, but you're going to be working with a charity. A charity. So, yes, so um, a charity that uh, <laughs> specialises in gynaecological cancers. So we should have that all finalised in the next few days and we'll do big announcements yeah. around that. But we'll be giving a percentage of sales um, from this category to the charity. And we're also going to be doing a bunch of internal stuff to to raise money for them as well. We've given them a target that we're going to raise for the year and we really want to smash it. Oh, that's really cool because it's all kind of going full circle. Like everything is feeding into it itself, if that makes sense. So you're giving women the opportunity to become the best, most fulfilled version of themselves. And then that's feeding around into more jobs, which is feeding into the charity. And it's just a really nice, like, full yeah. circle. It's, of, it, it's a, it just feels right. Yeah. It feels absolutely right to be doing this right now. Um, and I'm, I feel privileged to be able to yeah. do it because we're in a time where we can, yeah. um, you know, where we're enabled to, to do what we want to do as women. And that is, uh, it is a privilege. It, not, not everyone has this around the world. And um, it's something I'm incredibly grateful for. Yeah, it's amazing. Do you have any other bits and bobs that you want to share with us? 
um, about what the other bits. Oh, you know, there's some there's some quite amusing bits about um, vibrators. In the UK, there are more women that own a vibrator than there are households that own a dishwasher. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> Which really made me laugh. But actually, so the talking about there's the the pleasure gap yeah um which is taught we talked about a little bit before and it's just on surveys only 39 percent of women say they usually or always orgasm during sex compared to 91 percent of men but it's that idea that sex is over when the man finishes isn't it it's that idea that it's it's about his end game and not yours which is just entirely my favorite thing ever is that evolutionary wise the reason that women can have multiple orgasms is because we would have sex with as many like as many partners as we could to accrue as much sperm as we could and then the best sperm would win and we'd have their child so (laughs) we'd have sex with one man he'd he'd fall asleep because that's what they do they get tired so they get the hormone that makes them get really tired and women get more um, aroused the more sex they have yeah. like up until a certain point so th- they would have sex with one partner and then the idea was that the reason that women make noises as well is they would attract other men nearby <laughs> so they would know they were having sex this is true so all the sperm would compete with each other and the best sperm would win well that's Darwinism Isn't, for you and, and that, that's why, why it's so ridiculous that we have slut shaming and this idea that like women who have multiple sexual partners because actually men are the ones that are actually designed to be um, territorial territorial about the woman because they want to look they want to protect their 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 child that they're bringing on so they will try and stay with that woman that's carrying their child who's most fertile the woman's just going off and sleeping as many men as she can so that's actually just a fact for you, which I think is really interesting. I love that fact. I'm yeah. so going home and telling yeah. my husband that. You need to away. tell everyone that you know. <laughs> it's the best thing because I think someone was slut shaming someone on Twitter once, and I found that direct <gasps> thing and I just sent it. And I was like, look. Ooh, can you send that to me? Yeah, I'll find it for you. It's so fascinating. I remember reading it, I was like, this is the best thing ever. It's amazing though. And it's just all those things that we don't know and how, like, it, that's, that's, that's the fact. That's written down. And yet somehow we're allowing men to call us a slut because we won't take their number. Well, in ancient societies, women did actually rule the societies because yeah. they were the ones having babies. And actually they hadn't worked out that the, the act of sex was what caused the women to have the baby. Really? So they were seen as these goddesses and earth mothers who were the propagating the race. The sex was just fun bit that they were oh doing. Oh my God, I didn't. Like, so they just thought it was like magic. They hadn't put two and two together. That's fascinating. That's so good. Yeah. I love that. But it's the same as like even when it comes to um, conversations around sexuality. Like in the Greek times, everyone was just shagging everyone, weren't they? Yeah. So it's ridiculous that we've got any kind of like norms. It all comes down to control. Yeah. I mean, having to define things in these very specific ways as to how to control people within yeah. society. And it started off with religion doing it and then governments have come on and found there are other ways yeah. of doing it too. But um, I think this has been the wonderful thing about social media and the internet is y- it, it, you can't stop it. Yeah, It's like trying to stop a water it gives you windows into places you could never have seen before i think that's what it's doing is it's it's like you're right it's allowing it's get, get, gets rid of that control something else i want to ask you about because i forgot what we talked about this earlier but talking about religion religion and pleasure we briefly were talking about um fgm yes and um female genital mutilation which i know we've had some laws kind of change over here in the uk but that's obviously 
harrowing that that's going it is a point of privilege for us to be able to talk about this because yeah. obviously certain communities are really really suffer with their um own sexuality and you said something really interesting about um circumcision what were you saying yeah i mean it's uh, circumcision in america wouldn't is is very prevalent um and it wouldn't be there if it wasn't for mr kellogg so who um didn't just make cereal <laughs> I didn't know that. He was also one of the the most powerful lobbyists of his time with the ear of government. And he was um, a fundamentalist Christian who believed that masturbation was bad and that circumcision prevented masturbation. And that is why that was then spun as a health issue yeah. in America. And actually almost every boy in the US is circumcised because of Mr. Kellogg. That is ridiculous. Yeah, because I didn't really, because in the UK, I guess, it's only, it's more prevalent in Jewish communities. But in America, it's, it's everyone, isn't it? It's everybody. I can't believe And that's that. the reason behind it. I mean, with with um, Judaism, it's a, it's a faith thing and yeah. a symbol thing. But um, I mean, I, I personally disagree with cutting off bits of the body. Yeah, me too. Generally, every bit of your body has a really good function. Yeah. And it might we might not know about it it's yet. It's the same as body hair, though. Like, we're conditioned to believe that shaving your hair off is more hygienic because Gillette or whoever it was at some point in time thought we better have some female oh, clientele, yeah. actually, because we could make a bit more money if they're and buying boy, razors, too. Yeah, they did. I mean, even their commercial the other day, I hate to be a cynic, but... Very good, but I'm sure that's because they know that most of the men who buy Gillette razors are men who are married to women who are doing the shopping, which <laughs> sounds really bad, but I do think that that was a bit of that. Great marketing, though. But. Definitely. Well, now I'm <laughs> pregnant, I've stopped um, um, shaving my legs because it's actually really hard to reach some of the I, bits. <laughs> when my sister was pregnant, I actually did shave her fanny hair before she Aww. went into go go back. You are a good sister. I had to kneel on the floor in the shower <laughs> underneath her bump because she couldn't reach over it and I was like for fuck's sake underneath <laughs> I mean I've shaved my friend's armpit hair before after she had a motorbike accident I thought that was pretty that was pretty good friend but I used to wax <laughs> all my friends fannies at uni they would come into my room and it was like a waxing service I literally did everyone's oh this doesn't surprise me <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, welcome to my salon. And I used to do their fake tan. We'll work for vodka. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, I haven't got quite to the... I do never really shave my legs, but that's they're really blonde. Um, yeah. And I do love the idea that I'd be feminist enough to shave my armpits, but I never let them grow long enough to get them soft. They're always quite spiky, and that's just not comfortable. You can't get past that phase. No, should I should do, harder. really. I know. <laughs> <laughs> One day, I will do that. But yeah, very quick congratulations on the baby. Thank you That's very, very much. very exciting. <laughs> when when are they arriving? Um, so I'm having a little girl in, in June. <gasps> so summer baby. Yes. That's very exciting. A little cancerian. Oh, that is so exciting. <laughs> Has anything changed in your, um, I don't know, has being pregnant changed your opinion on things or do you feel much the same? Um. Well, it makes you think about the future a little bit more, mm. and especially having a little girl as well. Yeah. It's like, what's it going to be like for her? I mean, when when I was growing up, there was I was sort of between phases a little bit. As a, I mean, they call it the Xennial, so it's like Generation X and Millennial oh, yeah. mix right on the cusp. And 
this the definition of feminine and female was being challenged in the 90s when when I was a teenager so there was this the beginnings of something that was quite different but you were still um not expected to go out and be an entrepreneur not expected yeah. to go out and do that you were, were expected to get out, go out and get a job and 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 do well in your career but this whole idea of just taking over something and and um owning it and changing things was not really necessarily on the roster. Yeah, I think maybe what's happened, I think it was more polarizing back then, whereas like feminism's fed into the mainstream now, hopefully. It still probably hasn't trickled down to like the less privileged yeah, areas. I, I but think, I mean, to, to say you were a feminist um, when I was growing up would have been, it's it's quite a... Yeah, it would be quite a punchy thing to mm. say to people. Like you, it would cause uh, a, a negative reaction in some, because it was always associated with man hater. Yeah, it's like, this is so not the truth. You can be multitasking. Yeah, you can love women and love men. I know. <laughs> I get it all the time. Whenever I post anything, the guys will just be like, "Not all men," and I'm like, "If you have to say that, you're probably one of the men." <laughs> Because <laughs> unless you've done something wrong, you probably just won't comment. I'll be like something like men need to do better. And they'll be like, I actually am absolutely fine. I haven't done anything wrong. I mean, you probably clearly have then. <laughs> it's really funny. But I do think the future for women, well, the future looks like it's going to be female. I do think it is getting better. Yeah. yeah. I think but just to have a place of equality. Yeah. That is that is a, a, a real nirvana yeah. to go back to the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> I've literally loved chatting to you. I feel like I've learned loads. It's been awesome, awesome fun. Um, and I just want to say one last thing is join the Volvolution. Yes. Yay! Amazing. If people want to get involved in the hashtag Volvolution, have I said that right? Um, online, on Instagram, where where should we be looking to find you? Well, the conversation is going to start on cult beauty, but that's not where it's going to end. Amazing. Fab. So everyone can find you at just at cult beauty. At cult beauty. On Twitter, Instagram, everything. Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. All the places. Thank you so much, Lex. It's and been my absolute pleasure. Oh, well, pleasure is <laughs> what we're looking for. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, guys. Bye. I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always dive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.